At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back in hour number three of the Pro Football Blitz. I am Brady Cannon live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. And my partner James Salinas is here via Denver, Colorado, going through week 15 in the NFL and also keeping an eye on Sunday night football, previewing the Tuesday Monday double headers as well. And we will get to one game we have yet to preview in the final hour here the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Cleveland Browns. We'll get to that one in this final hour. But uh, the second half starts, James, between Tampa Bay and New Orleans. The Saints with a 6 nothing lead at the break. Tampa Bay gets the ball first on offense in the second half. And what do they do? It's a heavy dose of Leonard Fournette. We don't like that part. But uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, defense does hold on third and two. Tom Brady tries to go deep and hit a big play. He overthrows his receiver there, and Tampa Bay is forced to punt once again. The biggest news, however, out of halftime is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, the two-star wide receivers for Tampa Bay, Both will not return in this game. I saw Evans had a play where it looked like he banged his head, but I guess his is a hamstring injury. And then, of course, we saw the hit on Chris Godwin. His certainly a leg injury. They're talking knee, quadricep. I'm not positive there. But the fact is, uh, neither player will be back for Tom Brady in this Tampa Bay offense in the second half. 
Yeah, and that what is really condenses the big playability over the top to throw the football, and that's what he's just been continually just looking to Leonard Fournette, who's got seven receptions for just thirty-three yards. But he's the leading, he's his leading target right now, and it looks like it's not he's not the second or third option; it's the first option that he's going to. We're just coming out of the backfield, and let's just dump it off and see what we can get out of the passing game short, because now with both Evans and Godwin out, where are the big plays going to come in the passing game? You're going to have to find Rob Gronkowski. He's got three targets, but just one reception for 19 yards. And again, Brady getting put on his backside that last pass that he overthrew on that third down. Uh, he got put on the ground again. It was really just that they showed a, a showed a pressure front, and then they backed off, and it was a simple four-man rush, and they got back into Brady again coming off that left guard and really just pushing, push really push back and you know that's what Brady doesn't want Brady is great about climbing up on the pocket but you don't want to extend those pass lanes those rush lanes on the outside you want to get up inside those inside the A and the B gap there and really pressure him in his face that's where he does not like to have the pressure he's not going to be one that's going to get outside the pocket we know that and extend plays in the passing game right now the Saints are executing their game plan on the defensive side it's a matter of are they going to be able to do anything offensively? Taysom Hill, he had a couple big throws down the field. One of them was really just throwing it up short, and the receiver went and made a play on it. But he has not been accurate. He's had a couple opportunities to extend some drives and throw in the ball, whether it be behind Kamara or over the top. He has not been accurate with the football. I, I know he's got he's 9 out of 16, but really a lot of those passes were those incompletions Brady were uh, way off the mark I'm not sure if they're going to be able to find the house here in the passing game it's going to have to continue to pound the football on the ground and let the defense do its job which is doing just well considering that Tampa Bay has not scored now that we're into the second half and that's what he does he hands to Alvin Kamara to start their first possession of the second half they're at about their own 35 yard line or so you talked about it earlier in the program uh, Tom Brady suffering three sacks and then a hit uh, on that pass on third down in their first series in the second half. They are number one in the NFL at protecting the quarterback. Tom Brady only suffering 1.3 sacks per game. He has almost tripled that number so far in this contest. Uh, the live line, New Orleans, and it just came down here. New Orleans was all the way down to a one and a half point underdog, and your live total was all the way down to 26 and a half. Uh, did we have a turnover there, James? I just saw what something happened. I saw Tampa Bay celebrating. Uh, they made a tackle, so I guess that's what it comes down to for okay. Tampa Bay now. They, I think it was a tackle for a one-yard loss, so a tackle for loss. They're getting fired up, but it puts it puts New Orleans in third and long for Taysom Hill, and that is not where New Orleans wants to be when it has to come down to having to throw the ball to move get ahead of the sticks with Taysom Hill and the lack of accuracy, and that's sure enough, he throws it right into the dirt, and they're going to go three and out and give the ball back to Tom Brady. Okay, and now your live total dips to 25.5. The Saints still are a one-and-a-half-point dog in the live market. Uh, the 2-11 Houston Texans visiting the 2-11 Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, a barn burner hue in North Florida, James. Jacksonville opened up as three-point favorites, and then, of course, Urban Meyer was fired in the middle of the week, and the line moved up quickly in favor of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They closed as nearly touchdown favorites, six points with a total of 40. 
And I tell you what, no Urban Meyer, no difference. The Texans jumped out early. They never really gave Jacksonville a chance. They were 10 of 18 on third down. The Jaguars just 3 of 14 in third down conversions. And that was really one of the biggest differences in this game. 30 to 16, your final. Houston pulls the season sweep of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They get their third win of the season. The game does go over the total. And the Jaguars drop to 2 and 12 on the year. The Jaguars are exactly what they are. It's a bad football team, regardless of who's coaching them. They want to have an inspired effort. I don't know. I, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have been playing hard all season long. You got a lot of young guys out there just trying to prove themselves in the National Football League that they can sustain and be be a professional football player. But it's not a good football team. And I don't know if it wasn't a good football team before Urban Meyer took over this year. And yeah, he didn't he didn't add anything to it. He just continued the dysfunction that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. But just because he was gone, this is still a team on the offensive side that just cannot execute. And I think the defense. As well as they, I guess we can say as well as they've played. They've kept the game. I think the the defense for the Jaguars throughout the season has kept them in. They've kept them competitive in a number of contests, even though they only won two games. It was really the defense that was really holding their own and making up and masking a lot of the issues that are there on offensive side. And it really comes down to Lawrence and just... Just doesn't look comfortable back there. Doesn't look confident, and and there's some some issues with this passing game. Where yeah, they don't have a whole lot to pass. They they don't have a whole lot of talent to throw the football to, and they've got a number of injuries uh, in the at the wide receiver position. But ultimately, still, uh, you would. St- think that you would see some type of progress and some something going forward with this team but they at this point they almost look worse now than they did last year I know they doubled their win total so far this season Brady but <laughs> Jacksonville they do they just look worse from I, a, from I don't disagree exe- with you yeah from an execution standpoint for one but even just the mentality standpoint this is it looks like a bunch of players that are kind of just playing to prove themselves as individuals no sense of collective team and i think i guess on the other side with the texans as bad as they've been and it's a bad football team that's a team that we haven't heard anything about, right? And you think about all the distraction and dysfunction that was there with Deshaun Watson and that whole saga off the field, but we haven't heard any other issues going on with this Houston Texans team. David Culley, the new coach there, everything is very low-key, and yeah, they've been blown out plenty. It's a bad football team, too, but that team came ready to play. I think they had heard all the noise about, well, Jacksonville's going to step out because their coach is gone, and they're going to run us off the field. We got something to say about that, and they were by far the more competitive team from the game. Houston returns home to host the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers were installed as four-and-a-half-point favorites over the summer, likely a different number forthcoming in that one. And life without Urban Meyer continues for the Jags as they go on the road to visit the New York Jets. The final game in the early window on Sunday, James, the 1-11-1 Detroit Lions hosting the 10-3 Arizona Cardinals. And wow, No DeAndre Swift, no Jamal Williams, no problem, my friend. The Cardinals, they opened up as 14-point favorites in this game. It was bet down to 12-and-a-half. They closed as 13-point favorites with a total of 48. Arizona only ran three plays in the first quarter. It wasn't until the third quarter with about 10 minutes left when they finally got on the board with a field goal. 
They only scored 12 points the entire day. The Lions get win number two on the season. The total, the final 30 to 12, this game stays under the total. And we talked about on Saturday how Jared Goff has really owned the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury in his career. And, of course, likewise, his former coach, Sean McVay. Of course, Jared Goff did all that under Sean McVay. Well, apparently it translated to the Lions and Dan Campbell as well. Yeah, Goff had in that first half, they led 17 to nothing at halftime to the Detroit Lions and Goff, 15 out of 19, 172 yards passing and two touchdowns. He did whatever he wanted out there throwing the football. It really, it was the Cardinals, just no effort, no energy, no focus. Still looking back at that loss on Monday night to the L.A. Rams. That was their opportunity to to basically clinch in a sense. Not I know not technically, but they would have had a commanding lead in the NFC West if they win that game at home over the Rams last Monday. The fact that they didn't. I think that really weighed on their mind. They were hung over from that game. They couldn't get past it. This is a young team that's still trying to learn how to deal with success. I think coming into the season, I don't know how many folks were picking them to be at the top of the division. Most, I think most folks, myself included, were thinking they were going to be at the bottom of the NFC West, and they're going to be a competitive team. Kyler Murray's a good player. They got plenty of talent on that team, but that's such a tough division from top to bottom. Didn't expect that the Cardinals would get off to this sensational start through the first three quarters of the season like they had been. But then they're having to deal with how do you handle success and the the expectations that come with it as now you are the favorite. You are expected now to go do this. They're, they played so much better when they were the underdog, when nobody expected them to be able to win games. They go into Los Angeles early in the season and, and route the Rams in L.A., Games like that go down with no Kyler Murray. You're going to have to go in with your backup, Colt McCoy. He goes in there and wins games at Seattle, wins games at San Francisco. A lot of uh, playing as that underdog, I think that's the role that they're comfortable in. When they have to play the favorite, and this was a huge favorite going on the road against the Detroit Lions, I don't think they, they haven't learned how to handle that type of success. And obviously, complete no-show in particular in the first half today. Arizona returns home to play on Christmas Day. It's next Saturday. The Cardinals hosting the Colts. The Cardinals were made a one-point favorite in that one over the summer. Very interesting game coming up right there in Week 16. The Lions will travel to Atlanta to face the Falcons. Atlanta was made a seven-and-a-half-point home favorite in that one over the summer. We'll be right back in a moment. More on the Pro Football Blitz. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. (laughs) 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz Sunday night football into the second half and under nine minutes left in the third quarter. The Saints still leading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers six to nothing, trying to pull off the season sweep there of Tampa Bay. Big news on the injury front for the Buccaneers. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, star wide receivers for Tampa Bay. They will not be back in this game. Both leaving at the halftime break with injuries, both leg injuries for those wide receivers. Tom Brady will not have them at his disposal any longer for this game. But uh, the defense is stepping up, James, here in the second half. Obviously, they're holding New Orleans to just six points so far in this game, but they're continuing it here in the second half as they force another punt out of the New Orleans Saints. And Tom Brady and company will go back on offense with about eight minutes left in the third quarter. Tampa Bay, a one-and-a-half-point favorite in the live market. Your live total, this is incredible, James. I mean, have we seen a total? We've been doing this, what, for 15 straight Sundays? This live total is 23-and-a-half. That might be a low watermark. I I, I don't know if they get there. Think about the, you mentioned the injuries that are to the wide receiver position for Tampa Bay. Well, they also just knocked out. I'm not sure if he's done for the game, but Leonard Fournette went to the locker room. That last possession, he got high load. He got spun around. I don't know if he pulled his groin. He came down really awkwardly in a splits position. He got tagged on the shoulder, spun around, had to do the splits when he landed. He is currently in the locker room, too, and he had been his favorite target. He had been the his number one target, just dumping the ball off out in the backfield, so Brady's really got his work cut out for him right now with the, the way that the physicality that 
that we're seeing out of this New Orleans defense front. They're being physical with the receivers as well with the receivers that are left right now for Tampa Bay and the fact that they are putting so much pressure on Tom Brady that he's not accustomed to that. We know he doesn't like to get pushed up in his face and he's having pressure bringing they're bringing pressure in his mug almost on every step back to throw. Well, you hate to see a player injured, whether you're rooting for them or against them, but that could turn out to be a winning ticket for you there if Leonard Fournette does not return to this ball game. I think we both hope he does. We want to see players compete. Uh, the afternoon slate kicked off in Santa Clara with the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Atlanta Falcons, and the Niners opened up in this game as eight-and-a-half-point favorites, and they were bet up to as high as nine and a half and that's where it closed we did see some atlanta money trickle in on saturday night and then sunday morning closed right at eight and a half with a total of 48 and the game right out of the gate began with a turnover on the opening kickoff the 49ers fumbled the opening kick but were able to hold atlanta to just a field goal looked like cordell patterson had scored a touchdown but they reviewed it and said no good so they are held to just a field goal and it was really kind of niners the rest of the way and i tell you what james it was really the 49er defense at the half it was 17 to 10 in favor of San Francisco, but the defense really continued what they were doing in the second half. They were getting after Matt Ryan, and then with six minutes left in the game, they had a goal line stand. That was really the last gasp effort for the Atlanta Falcons, and pretty much San Francisco just ran out the clock the rest of the way. 31-13 to was your final. The 49ers moved to 8-6. and They've now won five out of their last six games, and the Atlanta Falcons dropped to 6-8. and eight. Yeah, I think for the Atlanta Falcons, actually that fumble, that was the first with the kickoff of the game. They didn't even score on that. They couldn't. They turned it over on downs. They went for it on fourth down. I felt like there were a number of times. I think that was there was three. I felt like I watched that game. It wasn't on the main TV that I was watching. But every time I looked up, I felt like the Atlanta Falcons were in a goal to go situation and they would come away empty. I think they there were three times it was goal to go and they got nothing on the board. And really, so much of it is great pressure on the quarterback with Matt Ryan. We know Atlanta does not have a good offensive line, but then Matt Ryan is just, he doesn't inspire any confidence when you see him. This is a this is a player that I'm, uh, the fact that Atlanta was 6-7 and seven coming into this game, Brady, that's not a good football team. And they have beaten six other teams out there. Who are these teams? Who are these? The, the, what, <laughs> I think right now, thinking about, we're, I'm glad we're towards the latter part of the season. We can get away from so many of these bad teams because even these these records, if you just look at records alone, you're like, wow, Atlanta's six and seven. How the hell did they get to this point winning games and winning six times? Because it's not a good football team any which way. Uh, on either side of the uh, either side of the football, the Matt Ryan, you just see him. He inspires no confidence. He can't get out of the pocket when he does. He's just throwing the ball on the ground. No accuracy whatsoever. And I think we're just seeing so many teams. There's so many teams in this league, Brady, that have these inflated records because there's so many other bad teams. And bad teams got to beat bad teams week in and week out. And I think that's why we're seeing records like the Atlanta Falcons now sitting at 6-8, and eight, so below 500. But the fact that this team had an opportunity to get to 500 with a win this late in the season and as bad as they are just speaks to kind of where this league is right now. And it's, it's mediocrity to worst for the most part with so many of these teams. There's just a hand i know there's it's a fight to get into the playoffs but even those teams that are going to be getting in at the whether it's the the nfc or the afc these are not 
really great football, good football teams to that matter for these teams once we get through these, what, last couple, three weeks of the season. Well, that was part of the handicap of this game coming in. I actually ended up taking the Falcons with the points in the contest. I just felt it was too many. I, I, I definitely felt San Francisco could win the game, but, you know, I've been a fan of this team so long. I've seen them not be able to execute as a big home favorite, and you know, I, I made the line seven in the game, and when I was getting nine and a half, I, I thought it was worth a shot. But you look at, you know, people that were backing the Niners, and they were pointing out who the Falcons have beaten this year. I mean, it's it's the Jets, it's the Jaguars, it's the Giants, it's the Panthers. And I hate to bring this up, James, the the only win they have against a legitimate yes. team is the New Orleans Saints. We, we remember that weekend, you more so than I, yep. as that was your exit from Circa Survivor. But... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think the handicap could have been that simple. Now, again, it's a lot of points to lay with the Niners, but they didn't have any problem with it. And, and I, again, I think a lot, I mean, their offense looked very efficient, but boy, I tell you, that, you know, like we talked about with the Dallas Cowboys, that Niner defense looked good today, too. The pass rush getting after it. We know on the se- uh, in the secondary, I think they had another uh, another couple players went down in the secondary for San Francisco today. They're really thin on the back end. But when you can get consistent pressure the way that they have over the last few weeks, and they got a ton of pressure on Matt Ryan. It seemed like every drop back, nothing was clean. And then he's holding on to the football. They have him running play action where he's going to turn his back to the defense. If there's one quarterback in this league, Brady, you do not want him to turn his back to the defense to run any kind of play action pass. It would be Matt Ryan. He got sacked three times, and they had 10 quarterback hits on Matt Ryan today. So 32, he had 32 attempts. And 13 of those, he took a shot, and I'm sure there were some other hurries along with that. So at least half the time he was getting tagged. Uh, And really, I I think it's a testament to what we're seeing San Francisco finding its way up front with the speed of the – and the speed and the strength and agility that we're seeing. It's a young defensive front for the San Francisco 49ers, and they're growing, they're maturing, they're getting better collectively as a unit. And now it's going to be really interesting to see. Dave, this is a team with a lot of momentum right now. And once I know Jeff Wilson was able to run for 110 yards, but he's so far down the depth chart. Once they get Elijah Mitchell back, and I know he's a young player and a young running back, not a lot of experience, but, man, he really fits exactly the mold that Shanahan likes for his running backs. I really like Elijah Mitchell, what we've seen out of him. Once he comes back, that offense is only going to get better. And Brandon Ayuk really starting to step up. Of course, he had the game-winning touchdown last week in overtime against the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, I tell you, on defense, Nick Bosa, really a hot player right now on that defensive front for San Francisco. We talked about this a little early, and, and Debo Samuel, another rushing touchdown for Debo. This guy is really amazing. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the program, talking about our considerate book it or uh, drop it game show. We were talking about teams to win the division. And, uh, of course, Arizona came up as one of the uh, the answers on our little contest there. Um, but this division is kind of wide open once again, where it looked like Arizona was about to run away with it. The Rams beat them on Monday night. Then they lose to Detroit. The Niners all of a sudden are at eight and six. I mean, if you had to make a bet on this division, which way are you headed there in the NFC West? Well, let's think about where the Cardinals are. Where's their mindset right now? If the Rams win, they're going to be tied both atop the division at 10 and 4. Now, I know San Francisco's two games back of that, and there's just not a lot of games left to play. 
but where where to me where's the Cardinals head right now I mean that's back-to-back losses and losing the way that you did where you just had no focus coming into this game as a big favorite going into Detroit to get yourself right to finish out the season because they've got challenging games ahead of them with Indianapolis and playing at Dallas over the next two weeks and the way that San Francisco's going and we look at San Francisco yeah you're gonna have to go on a short week to Tennessee but that's a beat-up offense right now for the Tennessee Titans and that's I kind of like the matchup of where we're at with the 49ers that that secondary or that that defensive front for Tennessee is beat up. The Niners can run the football, and then they're going to have a scrimmage against Houston before they they go on the road to finish up against the Rams. Like where the Niners are headed right now, they're starting to come together, and they're finally starting to stay healthy, especially George Kittle. He's played more games this year than I used to see in George Kittle play out there, and he's a fantastic player. Yeah, he's had some monster week. I think it's three weeks in a row now where he has just been unbelievable. George Kittle doing it again for the San Francisco 49ers in their victory once again 31 to 13 over the Atlanta Falcons. Tampa Bay getting the offense going a little bit. They are knocking on the door about the 25 yard line it looks of the New Orleans Saints. Under 4 minutes left to go in the third quarter. They remain trailing 6 to nothing. New Orleans out in front and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers down to a one and a half point favorite in the live market. We'll be right back. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Sign up for a Play Card Debit MasterCard and get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with Play Card. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by Metabank and a member FDIC. Big turn of events there in the red zone for Tampa Bay, my friend, Mr. Salinas. Tom Brady about to be sacked again, which I would believe would have been the fourth time this game. He does escape out of the pocket, tries to run and advance the ball forward, but uh, the Saints force a fumble. They recover and take over on offense on about their own 12-yard line, still leading in this game six to nothing, and there's Taysom Hill for a big run of about eight yards on first down. So just about a minute left in the third quarter, a big turnover there for Tampa Bay and the Saints still pitching a shutout, my man. Well, and there's Tom Brady trying to figure out how to make a play. Well, him running with his feet is probably it's not advantageous to the offense. Gets caught from behind. It was Cam Jordan. He didn't know Cam Jordan was chasing him down, I guess we could say, or or skipping along to come back and get catch him from behind and strip the ball from behind. Never saw it coming, and ball was loose. Tampa Bay actually had put a drive together on a couple of plays. There was another big play that was missed. Actually, Brady put one right in the bucket with a with an out route down the sideline for Gronkowski. He might have even scored. It would have definitely been first and goal inside the five for sure. Perfect throw, but Gronkowski never saw the ball. He reacted too late to be able to get get his hands to it. It was a really good throw by Brady, but this team's out of sync. We know there's injuries to, to Tampa Bay and their wideouts, and also Leonard Fournette. He is out for the game as well. 
with a hamstring injury, he really came down awkwardly, stretched out that hamstring when he got torpedoed on his last hit the last time he touched the ball a couple series ago. So he is now out for this Tampa Bay Bucks offense. No points on the board to your credit, like you said now. And we're rolling into the fourth quarter with the Saints a, still a small six to nothing lead. But at this point, how is how are how's Tampa Bay going to get anything on the board? They're just getting a lot of pressure on Brady, and there's no playmaker, not not a whole lot of playmakers left on that Buccaneers offense. Yeah, when you've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette out of your offense, uh, that is certainly a serious dent. And, you know, obviously we cannot predict injury, but we did feel like this might be the one uh, one spot that Tampa Bay could slip up uh, on their road to winning this division and eventually making it into the postseason. They play New Orleans, the Panthers, the Jets, and then the Panthers again. Uh, not exactly a murderer's row down the stretch, except they've always struggled with the New Orleans Saints, and they are again here this evening. New Orleans is actually flipped to the favorite in the live market, James, now laying two and a half points are the Saints again in the live market. And and this has to be a, an all-time low. Your total for the game in the live market is 16 and a half. That is absolutely incredible. Uh, looks like we're just about to get underway in the fourth quarter there in Tampa Bay. Uh, the seven and six Cincinnati Bengals were in the Mile High City right down the street from you there, James, today taking on the seven and six Denver Broncos. Denver had won two out of their last three, and the Cincinnati Bengals had lost two in a row. Both of these teams really still fighting for their playoff lives, and the Broncos were made a two-and-a-half or three-point favorite. They ended up closing as three-point favorites with a total of 44. We talked about how both of these teams struggle to protect the quarterback but they're both pretty good at getting after the quarterback. We thought that that might lend itself to a game going under the total. Well, Evan McPherson hits a 58-yard field goal as time runs out in the first half, and we went to the break at 6-3. to three. So certainly under the total was looking uh, like we were headed that way. Now, with about five or six minutes left in the third quarter, Teddy Bridgewater gets injured, and Drew Locke comes in to replace him, and he throws a touchdown pass to uh, Tim Patrick for a TD, and that was the first lead that Denver had all day. But right away, Joe Burrow, he counters with a 56-yard TD strike to Tyler Boyd, and the Bengals had the lead 15-10, to and that was pretty much it the rest of the way. Cincinnati controlled the game, controlled the clock from there. Denver did have one last-ditch effort with a little over a minute to go, down by five, but that went nowhere. Cincinnati ends up winning it outright 15 to 10, your final, and the game does stay well under the total. Well, and you think about with Drew Locke coming back in, yeah, he did have a touchdown pass as soon as he came in. Uh, and then they fall behind right away, a, bit, a kind of a mix-up in the secondary, and they were able to sneak out and leak out and get a big play over the top for a touchdown. And then Denver drives right back. They get inside. It's first and goal inside the 10 for the Broncos. And for whatever reason, Brady, they decide with Drew Locke in there, who, yeah, he's a better athlete, I think, than when, when it comes to he's a stronger player rushing the football. But you put him in a position where he's going to They ran a zone read. 
and he's he's it's a keeper. He keeps the football and the defensive end, and the, it was a bad read by him for one. Number one, I don't know why they ran that play. Number two, he keeps the ball. The DN stays home, and he's right on top of he's right on top of Drew Locke, and basically just takes the takes his ball. He's like the kid. He's like the bully in the schoolyard. Give me your lunch money, punk, and he took it from him. And he that was the that was really the turnover and the the change. That was the only I think that was the only turnover in the game, uh, but. Drew Locke just not being prepared for that moment, but then questionable as to why you would even put Drew Locke in that position to pl- make that play call right there, considering you just drove down the field again to take another, have the opportunity to take, you score a touchdown, you take the lead right back, and you're going to run that play there. I don't know. There was a lot of questionable coaching decisions from the Broncos. You you talked about the 58-yard field goal for the Cincinnati Bengals to end the half. Well, it was because Brandon McManus missed his own 50-plus-yard field goal at with nine seconds remaining in the second quarter to give them that opportunity. And really it was because they bungled the time constraints and really played conservative going down to try to get that field goal to take the lead into halftime. And then same thing again with, with this coaching staff, not understanding when to use their timeouts and not. There was late in the game, over two minutes left. Denver has one timeout remaining. There was about two minutes and 35 seconds. There was an injury. I think it was Joe Mixon. Whoever There was an injury to the Cincinnati Bengals. Now they stopped the clock. They're going to start it again, but the play clock goes to 25. That means you could let that play down. You can play the, you can play the position, or you can play that, run that play, then call your timeout, and then have the two-minute warning on that third down to serve as your final timeout, but instead Fangio and the and the and the coaching staff decide, no, we'll burn our timeout right now. And ultimately by the time they got the ball back, there was only a minute left in the play. So a lot of bad coaching decisions when it came to whether it was play calling and or managing the clock, kind of par for the course for Fangio and company. The Broncos will hit the division highway and make it here to Vegas, baby, to take on the Raiders next week. Las Vegas was made a a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game over the summer. Cincinnati goes back home for a division tilt of their own, hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore initially came out as a a six-and-a-half-point road favorite when these lines were first published back in June. I can't imagine that will be the number going forward in week 16, but Baltimore and Cincinnati, a very interesting game there coming up, James. These teams are now tied atop the AFC North, and we talked about it briefly earlier in the program. This is absolutely a very fascinating division. It is. I don't know. I don't... I mean that they're they're going to be playing potentially, well, we'll see where the Browns are in this case, too, and how healthy they are coming back out of this, and they're playing for first place next week when you're talking about the Ravens playing the the Bengals and the Ravens the last time they played the Bengals was in Baltimore and they got run out of their own house that was a really bad scheduling spot for the Baltimore Ravens in that respect I remember that game I had Cincinnati in that side and was really betting the scheduling spot for that matter but I think we saw today for Cincinnati Joe uh, Joe Mixon twisted his ankle late in that game today and did not return we'll see what his status is going in but they're going to have to have some sense of balance it can't continue to be Joe Burrow having to carry the load offensively stepping back and taking as many hits and lead you know he's been sacked more times than anybody else in this league so far uh, and then you're going to play Baltimore. And I think regardless of all the injuries that are there for the Baltimore Ravens, the one thing that we continue to see week in and week out with this team is 
you have a Ravens uniform on, you're going to play hard, and you're going to compete, and you're going to get after it for a full 60 minutes, and that is going to be a tremendous game, a huge game to take control of that of that division in the AFC North. So I think with Baltimore, yeah, you want to see where they're at as far as who's available. Is Lamar Jackson going to be able to come back and play in that matchup next week, along with a number of other players that are banged up and on the COVID list? But yeah, as far as their their competitiveness, uh, I like what I've seen out of Baltimore all season long. And I really, you know, I think Cincinnati, honestly, was really fortunate to come out of that game today. It was more so the fact that Denver lost that football game today for a variety of reasons, coaching decisions as well as poor playmaking at the quarterback position with Drew Locke. Uh, but here, I think for Cincinnati, they're going to have to go win this football game because Baltimore is not going to lose and give it away the way that the Denver Broncos did today. You know, we talk about how fascinating the AFC North is, James. You've got Baltimore and Cincinnati tied at 8-6. and six. The uh, Cleveland Browns will play on Monday, and that would move them to 8-6 and six with a win. If the Pittsburgh Steelers would have beaten the Detroit Lions rather than tying that team when they were winless, you'd have all four teams in the division at 8-6. and six. Everybody's in first place. Or everybody's in last. But uh, what a division it is. The uh, New Orleans Saints holding on to a 6 to nothing lead. About 11 minutes left to go. In regulation, Tampa Bay down 6 to nothing, and also a 3.5-point underdog in the live market. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. 
I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back in. Final segment of the Pro Football Blitz, but want to tell you about the college bowl season. Yes, it has kicked off, and Beeson has you covered the rest of the way with our all-new bowl betting guide. Get matchup analysis on every bowl game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. Whether you're betting on every game or just want to find a few key high-value props, the Beeson College Bowl Betting Guide can help give you an edge. Get your digital copy today. A lot of bowl games left. 1999, all available at vcin.com slash bowl guy. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, keeping an eye on Sunday night football. And not a real exciting game, especially if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers backer here. The New Orleans Saints on offense once again, under nine minutes left to go in regulation. And the shutout remains intact, James. Six to nothing in favor of the New Orleans Saints. And they have moved to five and a half point favorites in the live market. Unbelievable. Your in-game total is 13 and a half. This is crazy. Pretty soon your in-game total is going to be a touchdown. <laughs> and we may not see one of those in this game, <laughs> considering the where the, the lack of star power now for the Tampa Bay Bucks offense. And we know there isn't a whole lot outside of Kamara on the other side for the New Orleans Saints and the lack of accuracy that we see out of Taysom Hill. Lucky he didn't. He throw, almost threw a red zone interception here. It was really fortunate that it wasn't intercepted. But I think the key to this game that we've seen is really, yeah, it should have been intercepted. Bad play by, by the DB there. Had it in his hands. It was looking down the end zone. Anyhow, I think what... The key to this game for the New Orleans Saints has been the fact that they've been able to get consistent pressure on Brady up the box with just their front four. And it allows them to just run, whether it's two-man two coverage, whatever different coverages that they're being able to run, it's be the consistency that they're able to get with that pressure on the front four, especially with Davenport and in particular Jordan, who's been all over the place in that backfield after Brady. I think that just allows, this is what we've seen out of the Saints, when that front four can get pressure, and they've been doing that consistently against Brady here, especially up in his face where he doesn't like that pressure. They struggle with that, and, and that's where... I think for New Orleans now, just playing this conservative nature because now they're going to be able to line up for a field goal. If they hit this field goal, that's two scores, and we're halfway through this fourth quarter with nothing on the board for Tampa Bay. I think we'll continue, we're seeing that frustration continue to come out with Tom Brady and this offense. Regardless of how shorthanded they are, you know, New Orleans has play, they've got a lot more injuries than what we've seen from Tampa Bay, and New Orleans has had to fight through it for more, most of the season, unlike Tampa Bay. So no excuses for Tampa Bay in this matchup. Think about all the other teams that are that are shorthanded right now and finding ways to get out there and compete. 
42-yard field goal is good, and now it's 9 to nothing in favor of the Saints. Nothing really changes in the live market, except for the total goes up to 15-and-a-half. Uh, New Orleans remains 5-and-a-half-point favorites uh, as far as the side. Uh, the number one consensus pick in both the Circa Millions and the Westgate Super Contest was the Green Bay Packers at minus 5-and-a-half over the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this line ticked up uh, progressively throughout the week, and it was based upon speculation that Lamar Jackson would not start at quarterback for Baltimore, and he indeed was ruled out uh, prior to game time, and the Patrick, uh, Packers had moved all the way to a 9.5-point favorite with a total of 45. Now, Tyler Huntley gets the start, the all-pack 12 player out of Utah, just his second career start, and he was fantastic. 15 of 22 in the first half for 137 yards and two touchdown passes. We were tied at 14 at the break. Hunley added a couple of pair, uh, a pair of rushing touchdowns in the second half, but they turned it over on downs early in the fourth quarter, and Green Bay turned it into a field goal, and it looked like they had a commanding lead. Now, the Ravens countered with a touchdown to make it 31-24 to with under five minutes left to go in regulation. Then they drive it down, and Huntley gets that second of the rushing touchdowns in the second half. And then once again, just like we saw last week, James, it was decision time for John Harbaugh. They were trailing 31-30. to An extra point, of course, ties the game up, and you likely head to overtime. There was about 42 seconds left in the game at this point. He elects to go for two, and once again, I like the decision. His secondary was decimated. We knew if Aaron Rodgers was going to get the ball back, he was probably going to drive the ball right through that defensive secondary. If you go to overtime, you're basically giving yourself the the decision of a coin flip. If Rodgers happens to get the ball again, he went for it. They came up short. 31 to 30, the Packers move on, but they do not cover the number, the the closing number of nine and a half or the contest number of five and a half. In Again, this Baltimore Ravens team, regardless of who's available to play, this team just is they, – they just have such fight in them. That's, that's the expectation and the culture there with Baltimore. As you put that uniform on and you're going to be a professional and give great effort for 60 minutes, and we saw that. They could have easily, with all the injuries and COVID and everything else going on with this Ravens team, I feel like this isn't the only game we've talked about it. Now it's only getting more and more drastic because those numbers continue to pile up as far as how many players are on injured reserve. Going down there and then being going for two in that situation. I think, you know, there there's all the analytics involved and there's the books and there's the numbers and it says to do this and it says to do that. But you know what? Football is an emotional game. It's a physical game. And and a lot of times you gotta go with your instinct of how you know the pulse of your team. And I think Harbaugh, but who's to say that we know the pulse of his team and some book can tell you the pulse of their team better than what Coach Harbaugh can on the sideline? To me, it comes down to the execution. Of the play, if you're going to go for it, you know where your team is. You mentioned how decimated they were in the secondary. Do you want to give the ball back to to? Do you want to give the ball back to Rogers if you lose the coin flip? And who's to say even if you win the coin flip that you're able to move the football and get in range? I mean, you've got the best kicker in the league and one of the best kickers in the history of the game, and in Justin Tucker. But I think you got to also understand that. These guys, and especially somebody like Harbaugh, whose teams battle and fight and compete, he knows the pulse of his team, and that's the instinct that he's got to go with. Then it comes down to the play call. What are you going to run? And what had they been running with Huntley being able to utilize his feet? I mean, he was the whole offense today. I don't know. I don't 
think we want to run this this sprint right option kind of place where he really didn't have an option to run. It was just a sprint right rollout so that he could find Andrews on that corner, which was well covered. You knew he was going to get doubled. I would have rather seen something to keep the ball in the middle of the field and potentially have an opportunity to, if he needs to run, he's got more options to run and or throw in the middle of the field instead of shortening the field to just the right side. But I agree with you, Brady. I think you go for it there. He knows his team. He knows where they're at, not only physically, but he also knows where they're at emotionally. They had all the momentum at that point. You say, I got two yards, one play to go two yards to win this football game and come back and beat Aaron Rodgers and and the Green Bay Packers? I totally agree with the decision. Yeah, and, you know, I probably consider John Harbaugh the second-best coach in the league, Bill Belichick probably number one. But you could say in the last couple of weeks, Harbaugh's decision-making has been superior to Belichick. We saw Belichick settle for a field goal on Saturday night. Not sure that was the right call. It didn't work out for him. But uh, now I'm not one to question John Harbaugh. He knows a lot more about that stuff than I do. And like you say, he absolutely knows the pulse of his team. And I felt, yeah, I mean, both calls last week and this week, uh, he didn't want to give the ball back to the opposition. He was ready to go for it. He was going to ride that momentum. Um, Before we get out of here, Mr. Salinas, we've got one more Monday night game to cover, and that will be the Cleveland Browns hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders have lost four out of their last five. They're at six and seven on the year. Now the Browns have won three out of their last five, and they're at seven and six on the year. I mentioned if they win this game on Monday night, they will too be in a tie for first place in the AFC North with the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Browns opened up as about four or four and a half point favorites. And then, of course, all the COVID news. This team really decimated more so than the Washington football team was. And that's why this game got rescheduled. Uh, Raiders got as high as a five and a half point favorite, actually, with all of that news that came in earlier this week. But now with the rescheduling, the Cleveland Browns go back into the role of the favorite. They're laying three points here with a total of 41. Where do you stand on this one right now, less than 24 hours from kickoff? And obviously not knowing, Brady, the extent of who's going to be available for the Cleveland Browns makes it difficult to sit, to, to try to get in front of that and, and to speculate who might be out there and, and try to make a play on that. But there's only one play. If I play this game, there's only one side I'm going to take, and it's going to be Cleveland. And, yeah, I'm going to wait to see how many, who's all available to come back. I'm starting to hear more and more. Wyatt Teller's going to be back out there. So they're starting to trickle in, but there's still a long list of folks on that Cleveland Browns roster that are still in COVID protocol. But thinking about where the Raiders are, and it's going to be more so the matchup. We know what Cleveland wants to be, and if they can get some semblance of their offensive line back, Chubb is good to go. So we know he's going to be able to run the football there. Denzel Perryman, this is not a good defense to begin with with the Raiders. I don't trust them to go back out on the road and give a competitive effort. And here with the Cleveland Browns, the way that they want to run the football, no Denzel Perryman for the the Raiders in the middle of that defense leads that team by far when it comes to tackling. He has over 130 tackles in just 12 games. He makes plays all over the field for that team in that run game. He That one we know for sure is not going to be available for the Raiders. So for me, it's going to be the Cleveland Browns are no play at all. The New Orleans Saints hanging on to a nine to nothing lead over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they do have the ball with about six minutes left in regulation. An incredible performance by the New Orleans Saints if they are going to go on and pull off a shutout of the defending Super Bowl champions on the road. James, happy Sunday to you. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks to our crew, our producer Dan Miller. Next up, the opening line show with Matt Humans and Jonathan Von Tobel right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Thank you. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.